0: I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you. Just break, break. Welcome back to Rocks Talks Radio. A very special edition of Rocks Talks Radio. with your host, Harry Harding. The Rocks Talks Radio is brought to you by Children's Services of Roxbury and WBCA 102.9 FM Boston. Boston's community radio station. And we... I will say, if I right now I could be playing the uh, royalty music, I would be doing that because we, we have a, not only a guest worthy of royalty, but a special guest uh, today. Again, I'm going to just think about how much how, how much can I blow up this intro? Um, no, I'm teasing. I'm not, gonna, I'm not <laughs> gassing her up like that. Um, You've you certainly heard me mention and talk about our CEO multiple times on Rocks Talks Radio, so um, it is certainly not a surprise in terms of who I'm talking about, but... Um, it is certainly a privilege to have our CEO and president in the studio today to be able to talk about children's services of Roxbury, our mission and the work that we do uh, to dismantle systemic racism, to better the community, uh, and to you know be a part of solutions, not problems. And our guest today is um, a primary leader in that effort. And again, we we have. Um, an extraordinary working relationship. I'm truly, um, you know, again, just privileged to have her on the show to have a a conversation with her. Um, But again, I'm also very aware that we are uh, fully in age of making sure that we give those who deserve the flowers, we give them the flowers when they are here. And um, Sandra has been a extraordinary leader, mentor. And again, um, I'm going to now Shut off the praise to some wicks, uh, but genuinely, again, I'm really proud to have Sandra McCroon, our president and CEO, on Rockstalks Radio today. Sandra, welcome to Rockstalks Radio.
1: Hey, Harry, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I'm wondering though why it has taken so long. <laughs> I, I'm just trying to say something here. Uh, I mean, you've been running this show for I don't even know how many years now. Now, right. <laughs>
0: Well, there's a re- there's a reason why you haven't been on the show, and uh, it's because you've been busy uh, running this thing called Children's Services in Roxbury. Um, but you know, it's also worth saying that you know before we had you on, uh, one of someone you might know very well. Uh, ever ever heard of Yvonne Montilla? Ever heard of? Uh...
1: Listen, she keeps me sane. <laughs> Thank God for her.
0: Shout out to Avon, No doubt. She, you know, our chief of staff at Children's Services at Roxbury. You know, I said, you know, she's Sandra's left hand and right hand. Um, And, um, you know, we heard a lot about what she does um, as the chief of staff and lead administrator, essentially for Sandra, but also, you know, has so many other roles. But again, today, I think it's really fascinating to actually hear from you, Sandra, all the different things that – the chief of staff is managing. Um, <laughs> but, you know, more than that, let's, let's you know, before we really get, dive deep into your role as CEO, I know there's a lot we can talk about. There's a lot to get into. I think it's first really important for the audience just to get to know you. You, who is Sandra McCroom? How did you even get to Children's Services of Roxbury? Let's just start with, you know, who you are.
1: Well, thank you. Um, and I think who I am at my core, is a very spiritual woman who feels called to this work, meaning being of service and in service to uh, the community. And, um, you know, I think I've always been that way. So not to go back as far as birth, but I will say, you know, it's legendary in my family that My mother said, even at the youngest of ages, I had this spirit of discernment and I could tell who to go to and who not, even as an infant, you know, and she said, usually the people I I didn't want to pick me up or hold me somehow, she knew they wasn't right in Mm. some way or another. So that sense of spirituality, that sense of discernment, uh, is my gift and, um, I have an uncanny way of I think connecting to people um to seeing situations in a broader way and you know sitting here at almost 55 years old I could say that now I I I couldn't always say that mm. and um but now that I'm older and I look at my career I know that that anchoring of my spirituality, the anchoring of my sense of discernment has fueled my leadership uh, and brought me to uh, really an extraordinary career uh, that I cannot take full credit for.
0: I appreciate you for um, even just um even in that small sort of intro, just unpacking some of what um, inspires you and what motivates you. I want to, I want to talk a little bit more about that As I remind the audience that you are listening to Rocks Talks Radio on WBCA 102.9 FM, Boston. Boston's community radio station, Rocks Talks Radio, is brought to you by Children's Services of Roxbury. And today we have the CEO and President of Children's Services of Roxbury in the studio, uh, Sandra McCroom. Um, Again, a very uh, welcome and special guest. You've heard many times about the work that Sandra is doing at Children's Services of Roxbury on this show um, Again, So it's very, very fortunate to have her t- to take some of her time to actually talk to you um, directly about some of that in her own words. Um, Sandra, so I just want to kind of go back to a little bit about history. You, mo- you mentioned your mom and, you know, uh, anyone in the CSR family knows how much um, not only just Sandra loves her mom, but how much her mom is part of the- our day to day experience. Shout out to Shirley, um, like a second mom to me. Um but I know that your parents are a major part of, you know, not only just that discernment that you were able to develop, but in general, your ability to care and be social justice oriented, to be community oriented and driven. So I'd love if you don't mind to talk a little bit even more about how your parents impacted your journey to CSR.
1: Yeah, that's that's a very easy question to answer. Um my parents, before my father passed away, had been married 53 years. So when you talk about black joy, when you talk about, you know, black family and black love, I,
0: see, I can't, had— can't the, <laughs> we See, you can't see nowhere. Just calendar blown up as we speak.
1: Listen, if I have told you who was calling me, one of our esteemed elected officials mm-hmm. is uh, on the phone, but— Anyway,
0: Shout out out to them. We ain't going to name them today, but shout out to them. No, not
1: today, not today. Uh, But, yeah, it's it's easy, you know, like I said, experiencing Black joy and witnessing the love that my parents had for those 53 years before my dad passed. And now living with my mother, there are lessons that I continue to learn. But I can just say that um, my mother— is a registered nurse she often talks about having graduated from nursing school before the civil rights bill was passed and what it take what it took her to to be able to make that accomplishment um, she's from a small town in ohio which brings its own flavor and my father's from down south which also brings another flavor uh, to the family and so um, they met in cleveland ohio when my father was going to law school And you got to understand, my father was from Memphis and became a lawyer. He was born in the 30s. So imagine that this is before uh, the Second World War was over. You know, talk about the thickness of racism back in those days, him as a child. And one of the stories he tells all the time is that um, he was walking through a park in Memphis on his way to pay a bill for his his grandmother who raised him and a bunch of older boys were beating him up he was uh in a tent looking at you know war memorabilia and i don't know why it was out on display maybe people were being recruited for the service or something and he was you know about 10 years old it was in the late it was in the early 40s late 30s and um, they was they was roughing him up, and he was smart enough to know not to fight back. And one of those boys stood over my father and said, you know, called him the N-word, as you can imagine, and said, what you going to do, N-word, mm. right? And that lived with my father because he knew he could take him. You know, he knew he could beat him up, but he knew better because he would literally be killed. That's it. And, uh And as he got older, it motivated him and— he always wanted to write a book called Let Me Show You What This N-Word Can Do. <laughs> they taunted him. What are you going to do? And he dedicated his life to civil rights. And those conversations at our dinner table um, were powerful. And I, I I carry those conversations and live with them uh, all the time. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's a rich history Um that that fuels me every day and last thing I'll say <clears throat> briefly is just my mother is 86 and she and I live together as you know and just watching her watch the news and she's not even talking to me half the time saying like I thought we fought this fight already mm. you know yes. I thought we won this fight you know talking about voter registration and race relations and You know, the fact that we're still trying to beat back, um, you know, some of the things, some of the battles that she and my father uh, fought all their lives is uh, a very sad thing to her. Um, So that fuels me. You know, what we're doing at Children's Services of Roxbury is paramount to not forget the people who have sacrificed before us to make sure that their children and their children's children lived uh, a better life and had more opportunity than we did, and that that is uh, absolutely uh, a fuel that 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 fires me up every day.
0: I, <clears throat> as I'm hearing you, it sounds like not only was it just the the care, the uh, appreciation for for community, for taking care of your neighbor, like that sentiment. It seems like you got a lot of those strong sentiments from your mom, and then I'm loving also that you, you talked about your father and almost I would say I would call it his defiance, right, mm. and commitment to justice. Like hearing his that origin story from him and his motivation. You know, I'm saying this because again, I I do know you both as a you know as a colleague, but it's important just to say this. So the audience can hear it like I I see and feel and I think the agency sees and feels all of those things Your, the defiance that you put in you often talk about the conditions that the community is in right now that part of the services children's services of Roxbury works with and tries to problem solve for like we don't have time to waste in terms of figuring things out and hoping and waiting and like we got to get to the work now and so that level of defiance that level of perseverance you're talking about from your dad I see that and I hear that in your story and see that in your story um and it's again I just you know I'm, I'm happy to you know have this form to give you an opportunity to really talk more about it but I've heard you talk about your parents more and more over and over and every time you do it gets me even more more insight as to again just like your your makeup, right, and how you how you move on a day to day, particularly as, as the leader of this organization, and um, again, in, in the in the spirit of not only just giving you flowers, but also hope, hopefully you can hear um, uh, the the resonance and the, the progress uh, that you've made an um, impression, particularly on this employee, but I think um, you know across across the board. So. Um, yeah. I mean, again, thank you. I was supposed to already go to break, Sandra, but I had to just spend another few seconds just giving <laughs> you that love because it was worth it.
1: Well, I, I appreciate you, Harry, always. And uh, we banter a lot, but much respect to you and um, and the work that you're doing. So uh, is it the respect is certainly mutual.
0: And you're listening to Rocks Talks Radio on WBCA 102.9 FM, Boston, Boston's community radio station with your host, Harry Harding, and today's special guest, the CEO and president of Children's Services of Roxbury, Sandra McCroom. We're going to take a musical break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk more about Sandra's journey and her role as CEO uh, at Children's Services of Roxbury. So stay tuned for more Rockstalks Radio.
1: Turning my pain into purpose is pretty much what I have done to start this foundation. In August 2020, after the death of George Floyd, Bridget Floyd and other family members established the George Floyd Memorial Foundation in support of the black community. It's going to take more than just us as a foundation. It's going to take the community, the world, to make a change. Fight for racial justice for the black community. Learn how at lovehasnolabels.com. Brought to you by Love Has No Labels and the Ad Council.
0: Welcome back to Rocks Talks Radio, WBCA 102.9 FM, Boston, Boston's community radio station. I'm your host, Harry Harding, Vice President of Innovation and Strategic Partnerships for Children's Services of Roxbury. And today, my guest on Rocks Talks Radio is none other than the CEO and President of Children's Services of Roxbury, Sandra McCroom. We've been uh, uh, fortunate to have... Her join us today in house, and uh, this is again an interview long, long time in the making that we wanted to have happen. So, uh, we're very pleased and privileged to have her here today. So, Sandra, uh, I've been talking a little bit about your journey to CSR um, and just your motivation, your parents. Um, I want to sort of transition as to thinking about when you actually arrived at CSR, and you know, I've also heard you talking in other settings about your experience upon arrival, but I'd love to just have you talk a little bit about, you know, getting to CSR and then your vision and thinking about how to move this agency forward.
1: Yeah. It's um, this journey to, to get to CSR has been, um, uh, man, I can't believe how long it's been. (laughs) Time flies when you're having fun. Yeah, this is true. This (laughs) is true. Um, But just prior to uh, coming to Children's Services of Roxbury, I had the great privilege of working in the Patrick administration um, in a couple of different roles. But uh, I have to say my entire career, I find myself reflecting on it because, you know, we all know there's nothing new under the sun. And. I find that to be so true, and I find myself reflecting on all aspects of my career um, in preparation for what I'm doing right now. And uh, uh, so just prior to coming to, to CSR, I was the Undersecretary of Criminal Justice in the Patrick administration. I had also held a role of... Um, the director of the office of grants and research, which managed, you know, state and federal grants. Um, but that's on top of a career that, uh, saw, you know, I worked internationally. I, uh, worked in other nonprofits, et cetera. So coming to CSR, I felt like I was coming back to the community. Uh, I had run another nonprofit, uh, shout out to Roxbury youth works and, um, all the great work they continue to do, Uh, and I felt like I was coming home. And at Children's Services Roxbury, we always talk about family and home, and that that feel, the culture that is there, uh, really represents that. And walking through the door, I carried with me the most recent experience of overseeing the Department of Correction, parole, the Sex Offender Registry Board, and— you know, being a community, uh, you know, worker at heart, being on the state side, I really began to appreciate and understand the vital role that nonprofits play. Mm. Um, even more than, you know, I thought I knew it, right? right? But having worked on the state side, I learned a lot. I had a greater appreciation Uh, for the criminal justice system in ways that I didn't before. It is a broken system. It needs fixed, but that is true of almost every system, right? And um, I do have a different lens through which I look at the criminal justice system. But the one thing that is so apparent to me is Children's Services of Roxbury is literally Standing in the gap for a lot of families um, so that we don't, you know, step into this this, you know, high tide, this this flow of expectation for our children to fall into that. You know, those phrases like, you know, school to prison pipelines and, you know, all the statistics that we know we are standing in the gap to literally change the trajectory of a child's life. And um, in my mind, there is nothing more important, nothing. Um, You know, when we were doing work in the prison system, one of the things that became clear to me, and I'm sure smarter people than I would know where to find this information, but there was a study done that talked about the best programming and the thing that changes people's hearts and minds while they're incarcerated um, is time. (laughs) It's maturity. It's coming to the realization that your life can and could be different. Now, that's not to say I would take programming out of the, the system or whatever, but if we can influence how our children think about their lives, how to overcome what's happening in their communities, how to carry the burden of racism, how to recognize what that burden does to their thinking, and shifts that thinking. Then we can change uh, literally generations of um, people, children, and the community.
0: It's so when you when you say these. Things sometimes they sound, and I, and I, and I, know because, uh, you know, you know, part of my job is often talking about the the, the work that we do and, and, and talking about the various stakeholders. And one thing, when you say you know we're part of changing the community, we're part of changing lives. It sounds cliched. It almost sounds grand and, and as though you're trying to sell. And the, but the reality is there, you no, know, there's actual people. In in living rooms that are being that are functioning better because of the support that they receive through staff at Children's Services at Roxbury, there are young people who function better on a day to day through their lives because of the support that they receive. Like there's actual impact happening, so just to be able to say again out loud that we're changing lives again, it sounds good. But when you are in the work day-to-day, when you see the families that are benefiting from it, when you see the work actually realizing on real tables and real living rooms and real families, like, again, I really don't care what stats say. Like, there's actual people being helped here, and that is ultimately why I know this organization exists. But back to you as a, the leader, I know that's why you do what you do is to be able to, at, at the end of the day, say this, the impact that's happening, you're a part of that. Yeah, that's that's powerful. That's
1: yeah. And I, I have to shout out uh, all the staff at Children's Services. We we employ 400 plus people across the Commonwealth, most of whom are people of color, most of whom are are not sitting behind a desk in the office over on Dudley Street, but they literally are sitting in people's living rooms and. I'm going to throw out one more stat for you.
0: Okay.
1: So there's a study that talks about that every child in America, out of all the children in America, about 37.4% of them are going to have some kind of state intervention, uh, which includes an investigation. Should we keep the child in that home or not? But 50% of that number are African-Americans who have that investigation. And 10% of those children get removed. And that 10% Mm. is highest of all the minority groups. And it is double that of white families. Mm. And I just can't reconcile why all those types of numbers are skewed against communities of color, you know, impoverished communities, communities that haven't had the investments, um, you know, that, say, other communities have had. And if we don't right that ship, um, those numbers are only going to increase. But to your point, um, we have for 50 years rolled up our sleeves and done the work. We've gone into people's homes. We've seen them at their most vulnerable, whether they're homeless or whether the state is considering taking children from the home. And we step in without judgment, without fear or favor, as uh, pundits like to talk about. But we step in that gap uh, without judgment. And we come with pure love. And I know we're going to get to the conversation about peace of mind. Um, but that's what we do we We help families sometimes they don't need some big, heavy you know like, oh, I'm gonna rescue you from something or another." sometimes you gotta rescue them from the mental jumping jacks that mm. that we have to do every day to survive um you know in the city of Boston, you know we talk about the the tale of two cities, you know, living poor in Boston is no joke, and if we could stop all that mental um, juggling yeah. that people have to do just to survive long enough to let them catch their breath, help them take a couple deep breaths and, and hold on to some monicum of peace of mind, then you could start having a better conversation about how to move that family forward in a, in a different direction.
0: Well said. You're listening to Rocks Talks Radio on WBCA 102.9 FM, Boston. Boston's community radio station and Rockstalks Radio is brought to you by Children's Services of Roxbury. And today we have our president and CEO of Children's Services of Roxbury, Sandra McCroom, joining us today.